In a broadcasting move, Fox Sports lead analyst Troy Aikman is nearing a deal with ESPN to become the network's new color guy on Monday Night Football. No deal was signed yet. All signs point to Troy heading to ESPN. Nothing going on in the NFL right now. So let's talk about the broadcasters. And meanwhile, the musical chairs in the booth of Monday Night Football just continue to spin around and around and around. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show, coming to you live from the beautiful Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, just outside beautiful Calgary, Alberta, where our friend Lee Genier says it's a beautiful day. A little chilly for my liking, Lee. But no, the sun is shining. It's an awesome day. Darren Moose Dupont joins us here in the event center. We got some very exciting live guests coming up to join us uh, over the next two hours. But I got to tell you, Moose, I just I'm so excited for this weekend. I'm like, get to the weekend, get to the weekend tonight. Cougars versus Cougars at Mount Royal University or at the Flames Community Arenas. My hometown team versus my alma mater. That's tonight hockey game. Yeah. Saturday night, Saskatchewan Rush versus the Colorado Mammoth. It's a road trip for us yeah. to go watch the Rush. And then Sunday back here to watch God's team, the Regina Pats, take on the Calgary Hitmen. And I got my hands on the Bedard jersey, this little puppy over my shoulder, signed one of two. It'll be up for grabs in the Gray Eagle Celebrity Golf Classic this summer. Came down that? the elevator this morning with a, with a couple of the Cougars, and they just were, ooh. They said, you better protect that with your life. Oh, yeah. I said, I got a police escort coming. Don't worry about it. Security 24 hours on this thing. White gloves. Yeah, the, the white glove service, the whole thing. So it's uh, life is good. How about you? Life is great. And, I, and just because I know you've looked it up, what's the weather in South Florida this morning? Oh, it was like 29 degrees Celsius. Why, why you got to go do that? <laughs> but it's beautiful here. You're going to be there soon enough. Enjoy this yeah, for what it very is. Very clear view of the mountains this morning. That's awesome. the exciting thing. Well, I mentioned the live guests. Two-time Olympic medalist John Cripps will be joining us from Pyeongchang and Beijing right here at Gray Eagle. My favorite Saskatchewan Rough Rider ever. Jeff Fairholm. Tell your friends. A lot of rider talk. Former Argo 2, Arizona star as well. He'll be with us an hour or two, right here at Gray Eagle. And it's an interesting story. Now, I'll speed this up here, but I, growing up, I was a hockey fan and a baseball fan. They were number one and number two. But Jeff Fairholm came to my school, grade 10, 1988, as John Lynch would say, addressed us at the front of the classroom. And I said, This guy's cool. I'm going to be a Ryder fan. He's what turned me on to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And then you got a chance to meet him. And when they say, don't meet your heroes because they'll disappoint you, Jeff Fairholm never did that. Really? Stud. I got a Fairholm jersey, so he's coming down here today. So that's going to be great. And also Stephen Stamp, Canadian lacrosse insider. There's a lot of things going on in Canada's national sports. Stephen Stamp is going to join us later on in hour two to talk about a huge weekend in lacrosse. Okay, can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? Thank you. I loathe when I got to switch my television from SportsCenter to CNN. I loathe turning it to CNN at the best of times. We're Fox News guys, right? But CNN was easier to find. And we're talking about Ukraine. We're talking about Russia. But this is a sports talk show. So I hate where news intersects with sports. I'd rather just stay over here in Toyland. Right. You know what I mean? Where our wars aren't, aren't real. You know? So the latest coming out of Russia from a sports perspective is as of this morning, Russia was stripped of hosting the Champions League by UEFA with St. Petersburg replaced by Paris, France. And Formula One dropped this season's Russian Grand Prix at Sochi 
as the invasion of Ukraine drew punitive measures across the sporting world. Manchester United also dropped Russian state-owned airline Aeroflot as a sponsor, citing events in Ukraine after the company was banned in Britain on Thursday as part of sanctions. Now, where are we from? The garlic belt. we got a lot of friends that are Ukrainian. They're upset. They're saying they're taking this personal. I'm talking about Western Canadians that are seeing what's going on in their homeland. It's horrible. Worried about their families. I get all that. And so we're following that closely. And it just brought up my poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Should Russia be banned from world sporting events? It's a yes or no question. And the last I looked on Twitter, 83% saying yes, they should be banned from world sporting events. Obviously, at least while this stuff's going down, I'm starting to think that I'd like to see them banned forever. I will reserve my comments any more than that on Russia or what's going on. I have opinions on Russia based on my interactions with Russians. I've had many over the years, but I don't want to fill Mickelson myself. So I will stop there. Where are you on the answer of that poll? Yeah, I'm probably in, in the side to ban them. I, I, I first think about the athletes, and we've met a lot of them, and you know, young men who have come over to play. Some are great, hockey. some aren't so great. Right. A lot, people. Of, a lot of great people, obviously. Um, yeah. And so it's unfortunate because they're not the ones deciding to pull the trigger on this stuff. But it starts at the top. Yeah. If that's what your leadership is doing, then the consequences fall to everybody underneath. That's why you have leaders. So, yeah, I'm probably voting that they would be banned. Stick to sports, Peterson. Okay. So to point two, the Calgary Flames saw their extended win streak extinguished in dramatic fashion Thursday with a 7-1 loss at the Vancouver Canucks. JT Miller scored twice, including on a penalty shot. Elias Pettersson had two goals and a helper for the Canucks. Captain Bo Horvath scored twice, and Connor Garland also found the back of the net for his 14th of the year. Andrew Mangiapani had the lone uh, tally for the Flames, who saw their franchise record 10-game win streak halted. Moose and I were driving home from the movies last night. And I said, there's the hockey gods for you. That's the hockey gods saying you're a good team, but you're not the best Flames team. We'll let you tie the franchise record that's been set twice before, but we're not going to let you break it. Right? Yeah. And then you said to me, good point. Flames got to learn to win on the road. And they go into Vancouver and get thumped. So that's what you talked about. You know, all these wins at home. And you said, I want to see it on the road. And the first one, well, was... Record screeching to a stop. Austin Matthews scored his 35th and 36th goals of the year to take the NHL lead in scoring in the Toronto Maple Leafs, beat Minnesota 3-1. In Sunrise, Florida, Cole Sillinger and Justin Danforth scored 10 seconds apart in the third period in Columbus, beat Florida 6-1. Did you see Cole Sillinger get blown up on that hit? Yeah. Uh, people were sending it to me saying, what do you think, Rod? I say, it's a man's league. Keep your head up, Cole. Moving on. In Nashville, Michael Grandlin scored the lone goal of a four-round shootout, helping Nashville uh, cap a night to remember by beating Dallas 2-1. It was a night to remember because they retired Pecorine's number before the game, number 35. In New York, Alexei Lafreniere and Mika Zabinijad each had a goal and a helper to help the Rangers beat Washington 4-1. And lastly, in Pittsburgh, Jesper Bratt scored twice in the first six minutes. Rookie Nico Dawes made 37 saves in last place. New Jersey routed Pittsburgh 6-1. But it's a football Friday, so we're going to move on to point three. News from the CFL. If you do a Google search, the only thing that'll really come up, well, there's a couple things, but one is the Calgary Stampeders re-signed Canadian defensive lineman Connor Magoo on Thursday. The six foot one, 249 Magoo of Madison Hat, originally signed with Calgary on February 11th, 2020. He was selected by the Hamilton Tiger Cats first round number four overall 
in the 2017 uh, CFL draft. There's Hall of Fame news with the Canadian Football League. I'll come back to that. Because we went off the air yesterday with somebody asking, Rod, how do you think the USFL will fare? What do they need to do to survive? Same thing with the XFL. And I thought, you know, that's something that I would really like to sink my teeth into, but we don't have time right now. We were out of time. And it's an interesting story. You see the fight now with Derek Jones, the former NFL linebacker or defensive back who signed with the Stampeders and then was drafted in the USFL. Stamps won't let him out of his contract, and Jones tried to make him look like the bad guy. And I'm sorry, i got to defend the Stamps on this one. You signed a contract. You're an NFL veteran. You should know what that means when you sign a contract. Did you not know what you were signing? But, but my point is the fight for the players has begun, and they haven't even kicked off the league yet. And then I see Justin Dunk, the Adam Schefter of the CFL, I see him out on the slopes this weekend. Did you see that here? No. Go check his Instagram. Thanks for looking us up, Dunk. But anyways, he was on some show saying that, oh, CFL insiders and NFL insiders are saying the USFL may not even last a season. Well, of course they're going to say that. It's their competition. What do we see in business? What, like the handbook 101, you read it? Isn't the first point, throw dirt on your competition, make them look bad? <laughs> Isn't that the first point, what they do? Yeah, and you know, you want to, you know, come at it from a position of strength, right? Ah, we're so big, they're so small, right? And the leagues are interesting because they'll survive if they can pique our interest, right? And if they can get a good, enough good young players, um, that maybe forego their final year of college or are young and promising NFL prospects, and that's the quickest path to the NFL, we might watch because there's some interest there. Or if you have really good players who are maybe attached to an NFL roster and it becomes more of a, of a farm system. We've heard the Rock's comments about the XFL. But if it's just another pro league, it's going to be really tough to draw interest in all those markets you know, to live and die with the results because you know, we have – you know, Canada covered up here. The NFL's got the U.S. market covered. You have to draw something other than the football itself to get people to watch. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm going to drop in a couple of our viewer comments here as we roll in the warm-up. Ryan McCarthy watching in Saratoga, New York from the No Credentials Required podcast says, Today is the anniversary of Rod making a guest appearance on my podcast. Rod was a great guest. Hope to have him on again soon. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, wasn't Jeff Fairholm the guy who first wore glass cutters gloves? Not sure you're old enough to remember those days, Sprout. Are you? Like those look like mom's gardening gloves. Yeah. We'll ask, kind of we'll ask old Fairway about it when he comes up an hour or two, but that was the thing in the 80s. It was either him or Don Narcisse were wearing those rubber glass cutter gloves, and they caught everything around them. I'd like to think they would have caught it anyways. But it really caught on. And it seemed like the Rough Riders were the first to do that. Uh, I'm just checking more of the uh, comments here. I'll get back to those in a second. But with the Spring League, I'm trying to think of, well, COVID killed the XFL the last time. Right. I believe money killed the Alliance of American Football. It's first and only season. And I don't think you and I are necessarily, or me anyways, are the best people to ask because I watch it. No matter what, there's just maybe not enough people watching it, you know, buying tickets or watching it on right. television. So you think it's a marketing thing, not necessarily a football thing. It's a marketing thing. And what are you, right? I mean, there's a ton of hockey leagues that we all love as hockey people, but at scale, you know, the East Coast League, um, different junior leagues. Are we watching all of those, right? 
But the leagues that get our attention from marketing dollars, from, you know, broadcast, from um, fan attendance, the Western Hockey League, because it, the CHL, because it's the pipeline to the National Hockey League. Or in the, you know, to take it a little further, NCAA has more attention than U Sports Hockey because it's a faster pipeline to the NHL. So we watch and we take in that, right? And I know the U.S. college thing plays into it too. So if the XFL becomes a real spring league and you get some young players who are NFL prospects, it's going to have a lot more interest because we're going to have another reason to watch rather than who wins and loses. Yeah, and the leagues will never work together. Maybe that's a topic for another show. They won't work together. They see each other all as competition other than the NFL and XFL who just announced a partnership on the weekend. The CFL's over in their silo. The USFL's over in their silo. You know what I mean? And they don't want to work together. They're, and then they're competing for players. Trust me, we all know that. But I don't know what the answer is. Not my job. Text messages coming in on the 902 line. You can always reach us at 902-518-3033. Ron Thompson's watching on Game Plus Television right here in Calgary. And he says the Flames loss was bound to happen. Maybe getting the crap kicked out of them tells them they aren't quite there yet. Bounce back game Saturday will tell us a lot. It will because the Minnesota Wild are here. And we might find out what the Minnesota Wild are all about too. But I would rather lose 7-1 than 2-1 and think that we were good. Right? Um, Daryl didn't look very happy last night. John in Edmonton watching on Game Plus says, Edmonton and Red Deer are both hosting two hockey tournaments in August. August 3rd to the 8th, the Hinlishka Gretzky Cup, and then the World Juniors. Again... I'm not the right guy to ask because it'll be hockey in August and I'll be inside watching it because I'm a dork that way. And I'll enjoy it. Right. You know, so get the rest of the country watching. That's your challenge. Um, daily baseball lockout update. Point uh, six here. Five, I think. Another negotiating session produced only minor movement and no proposals on big money issues, leaving Major League Baseball four days from management's deadline of Monday for a deal to salvage opening day in a 162-game season. Somebody wrote into this show the other day, we were talking about the lockout, and they're like, no, no, Rod, Steve Phillips, he says the insider from TSN, it's going to be over by Friday. It's going to be over by Friday. Check the calendar, bro. It's Friday. But it was on TSN. It's got to be true. There is that mindset out there, right? Uh, Point six, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame and Museum will welcome its 13 newest members in an induction ceremony on June 17th, the eve of the Tiger Cats home opener against the Calgary Stampeders. The six inductees from the 2020 class and the seven from 2021 will formally join the hallowed ranks of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. So that is, Farmer Math, 13 guys going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in one night. I guess there's only one way to do it, but that seems like it's not fair to It's a lot. I'm not going to get a lot of time. There's no really other way other than to do it. This isn't a criticism. I don't think there's another way to do it. But just for their respect, here's, here's the class. Offensive lineman Clyde Brock, Rough Riders alum. Fred Childress, Stamps alum, as well as quarterbacks Henry Burris and Greg Vabra. Uh, Stamps, former head coach, current president and GM John Huffnagel. Former St. Mary's University coach and athletic director Larry Utek will go in the builder category. That was 2020. And 2021, defensive lineman Will Johnson and Mike Walker 
Wide receiver Nick Lewis. It's not a pun, wide receiver. Nick's wide, but he didn't play wide. How about that? Uh, defensive backs are... <laughs> That's good. He's a slot back. Right, he's a slot back. Uh, defensive backs, Orlando Steinauer and Don Wilson. In the builder category, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame will welcome former Montreal Alouettes head coach Marv Levy and the sixth commissioner of the CFL, Doug Mitchell. So that's a great night. Maybe we should make plans to be there. That'll be June 17th, the night before the Ticats and the Stamps kick it off in a rematch of the 1999 Grey Cup. So congratulations to those guys, and I think a good move for doing it. We'll kick around these topics and more when we come back. John Cripps on the way, two-time Olympic gold medalist from the bobsleigh. Jeff Fairholm, my favorite rough rider ever. He's coming up in hour two. And lacrosse insider Stephen Stamp. You are watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live. And, of course, if you ever miss the show, you can catch it on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.